show, the Drew and Fuse show, the Drew and Fuse show, they clean up nicely, it's the Drew and Fuse show, the Drew and Fuse show, the Drew and Fuse show, yeah they clean up nicely, yeah, yeah. What's up? How you doing? How Back you feeling? in black. I'm feeling good, man. Rested from the weekend. Yeah, just feeling feeling alive. Good. Feeling good. Same. I DJ'd a lot this weekend, but I didn't drink at all this weekend. So, you know, I feel good today, which uh, if you guys are listening to this uh, now and you listen to last week's podcast, you'll know that we uh, drank a little on the podcast. So uh, it was a fun <laughs> one, though. We had a good time with it. Yeah, it was very fun, but uh, we definitely... <clears throat> need to mellow those shots out. Yes. <laughs> no more drinking for me on the podcast. Until the next time I'm drinking, that is, of course. <laughs> <laughs> At least so, no more shots. That's 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 my new motto is no more shots. I'm trying yeah. attempting the no more shot rule. See, I do the opposite. I do no more drinks, and then I only take shots. That's, that's a problem, too, though. But I, I drink a lot of water in between, and it kind of balances me out a little bit. Once again, we just want to say thank you, guys. We really appreciate everybody who has been listening and shouting us out, tagging us on the Instagram stories and all that. We really appreciate it. We just want to keep asking that you rate, and review, and subscribe on the Apple Podcast. That helps grow the show. If you are on Spotify, make sure you give us a follow. And if you are on YouTube, make sure you make sure you subscribe you like the video you're in the comments because we appreciate we see them all and if you guys have any questions we will do our best to get them answered so we appreciate it without further ado we're gonna introduce our guest for today we're excited about this one he's been supported by guys like diplo and vice and many others he has played support and open for all kinds of DJs. He's made countless amounts of DJ edits that have reached tons of DJs globally. While his reach is global, he is based and reps hard for the Bay Area. He's a Twitch partner. He's a veteran in the DJ game and a big brother to every DJ. Please help us welcome Audio One. Air horns. <laughs> what up what's well, happening guys thank you I, I'm, I'm i'm speechless with the intro <laughs> thank you guys great to see you guys man it's good to yeah, see you too you're looking good to you, oh, thank you appreciate it man so we like to uh get kind of get things warmed up with a little like rapid fire question round so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna read you some questions just answer them off the top of your head whatever you think of first here we go we'll just start with it what time do you typically wake up in the day afternoon or morning morning uh what's your dream vacation oh my gosh Somewhere in the South Pacific, that's for sure. All right. Anywhere specific? <laughs> Anywhere like specific? The, like, like, I want to say like the Maldives. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere out Bali, maybe somewhere out there, you know? Uh, all right. We love this question. What is the best non-curse word, one word insult? Oh, man. <laughs> it's a tough one. That's a tough one because uh, all I think about is the curse words. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man, we're gonna skip this one because I can't. I can't right. I'll, 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 I'll tell me. you what. Maybe this will help you. But Simon's no. last week was clown. Clown. <laughs> okay. Well, I like that one. It was a good one. Out here, yeah. out here, we 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 have a we have a tendency of calling people busters. 
Like that's a All mark right. ass mark ass buster. So, we'll, we'll <laughs> so usually if like you that. say if you say that to somebody out here, you're pretty much asking them to fight. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. All right. Uh favorite childhood TV show. The Jetsons. Jetsons. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. All right. Good if you one. could drive one car absolutely for free, it didn't cost you anything, nothing, what would it be? Lamborghini. There you go. I might, I might actually fit. I might actually fit into one now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I always loved the Lambo. Yeah, the red Lambo. Do you own a Netflix account or do you use somebody else's? No, my brother's. My brother's account for sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The best of Netflix accounts, a free one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they made an uh, avatar for me too and everything so <laughs> oh that's even better messing up like what what you're interested in and all that my that's avatar cool. my avatar has a mustache <laughs> <laughs> let's see the last thing you listen to on spotify uh my friend's project uh his name is pachenko he's a my production partner he has a he's working on an album that's gonna drop at the top of uh, the year so i'll be listening to his stuff on there just helping him support it's a, a more disco like modern disco funk style it's pretty cool different vibe it's crazy because he's an open format dj but it's like a whole different side of him which is you know i'm like i'm all for it that's cool what is your favorite thing to do when you're not djing watching youtube believe it or not <laughs> is there anything I, specific you watch on there I watch documentaries. I spend a lot of time watching documentaries on everything from engineering to science to history, just things to keep my mind, my brain, my mind flowing, you know, like we're so used to music and all the dumb shit that's happening out there. It's nice to like just normally I'll have my, my Serato or something I'm working on and on my right ear, on my left ear will be my earbud and it's YouTube, whatever's happening. So that's just how my mind works. Can I ask, mm -hmm. do you pay for YouTube? Do you have a premium subscription mm -hmm. or are you going? I, I do. I do pay for a premium. Yeah. Because it, it hits that. You hit that wall where the, the second commercials just keep coming on. You're going. Oh, no, I can't No, I've paid for it. I've paid for years. So, yeah. No, do you use cool. uh, YouTube music? Because it comes free with it, right? Uh, YouTube music comes for free. I've never used YouTube music before. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I'm just yeah, I'm wondering either. if I was missing out. Yeah. I mean, only recently I got back into Spotify and. And, and title because of the playlisting stuff and shout out to our homies the crate hackers that's the only reason i even go into streaming now more than anything just because of the playlist abilities we have now so well we're going to talk about crate hackers here in a little bit yeah, oh yeah shout out sure. them out do you have a favorite remixer or producer oh my god there's so many probably my favorite right now is i have my two homies out of florida they're called los padres they make a lot of incredible edm they've made trap before and you've probably seen the remixes out cameo there right Cameo, yeah, Cameo, yeah. yep. That's my buddy in uh, Florida. He actually works for NASA, believe it or not. He's a NASA wow. fireman or something, Yeah, he's a right? firefighter, yep. Shout out to them. I know he does a lot of production work, a mm -hmm. lot. So, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He um, does a lot for a lot of labels too, man. Yeah, yeah I think we even have uh, quite a few. At one point, we had quite a few Cameo remixes on DMS. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he's producing under a lot of different different things. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wonder who was funneling those into DMS. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite dish to cook, or if you could uh, cook one dish, if you were invited to a party and you had to bring something, what, what would you cook up? My cooking is very, very limited. Kind of making tacos. <laughs> There you go. I always yeah. like tacos. And, and not Taco prepared. Bell tacos. We're talking about some real tortillas and real meat, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Do you make your own tortillas? I, I don't. We can, though. We do have all the ingredients. So, yeah. 
So I'm guessing all, always corn, not flour. Mm-hmm. For the most part, yeah. So we do love flour ones too. <laughs> I like the I like the quesadillas on on flour ones, but yeah. All right. Uh, uh, what's your favorite airline? <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> it, it used to be Virgin America, but they're no longer around. They're, it's Alaska now for that one. Um, Dude, yeah, their planes were always a party. They always had the the lights going. Yeah, yeah. The last good airline I took was JetBlue. Believe it or not. They're coast totally to coast. Jet JetBlue's coast to coast is really really nice. When I went to Florida, when I met up with Cameo a few years ago, I did take a, a straight shot from San Francisco to Fort Lauderdale on Virgin and JetBlue. It was a JetBlue. I took JetBlue both times. So that one, and then my trip to New York, and those were just like pretty awesome. JetBlue's up there. They they've always been so clean. They mm-hmm. they used to be here in Long Beach. You know, yep. the city of Long Beach hates fun, so they pulled <laughs> out, and yeah. now I. <clears throat> sitting on a ton of a ton of miles that i need to get back but man they yeah. had so many great flights you're supposed to not pull out <laughs> dude the city of long beach just fought them on everything and finally they were like you know what it, it probably has run. to do more with like noise abatement and other issues probably more than anything well they wanted to bring in they wanted to make international flights and uh, those would require bigger planes yeah yeah they weren't having it no. so. i used to work in aviation we worked in aviation before i went to dj full-time so Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that actually. Yeah. I did know that, but I completely forgot about it. Yeah. No. What, what did you do in aviation? I, I did technical support for the FAA. Impressive. Yeah. So it was it was it was uh it was interesting. Did I, you I must, go to school for that or how did that all come about? No, I mean I went to I mean I went to ITT Technical Institute, believe it or not. I have two <laughs> degrees. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've worked in I've worked in telecom and I've worked in uh computers and technology and uh, i've worked for comcast rcn all these different companies so i've done everything you know i used to install uh, dsl modems back in the day i did all that installing telephones install a tv you know high-speed internet i had done all that worked in the head end as an engineer and then somehow that la- somehow landed into uh, aviation technology i did that for seven years and then the day i got fired in 24 january 2014 i started djing full-time better now than never you know so definitely I didn't uh, know that. that's awesome. We're gonna have yeah. to bring that up later if we yeah. if we yeah. still have time. Outside of the Bay Area, what's been one of your favorite cities you've got to DJ in? I love New York. New York was a lot of fun. New York's great. It's quite the melting pot there too. So you get I feel like you can get a lot of different stuff in in one night, and that's always fun. I was I was very surprised when I went. I went in uh, it was summer of 2019 when I went. I played on Sway in the morning on uh, Shade 45. That was incredible being there with all those people. And um, yeah, I played at Lavo, and that party was crazy. FaZe Clan had just won a big championship in New York, and they were partying there. So you could imagine, like, I thought I was going to open, you know, start up slow. And no, FaZe Clan just won the championship, whatever big gaming championship was happening. you got to go peak hour right off the rip. Like, I showed up, yeah. opened up the laptop, and the, the, the sound guy was like, here's the USB, you ready? <laughs> it was just like that, like... I just internal moded the first five minutes while I was setting my stuff up. That's wow. great. Yeah, but it was, yeah, that whole trip was fun, man. A lot of cool people out there. I met uh, Neil Jackson, Mark Marco Penta, you know, DJ Scarlett. That's how I linked up with all those people, you know. A lot of people, when they go to New York, it's really just Manhattan. So I always tell people, like, San Francisco sort of, like, having Manhattan. And then once you get to the Oakland side, it's like you're going to New Jersey. That's the best way to explain it to people. They're like, I live on the New Jersey side pretty much. They're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Like, if you flip, if 
you flip the Bay Area the other way around, they're like it literally looks like you know. Right. Yeah, that's the best way I could explain it. But you know. All right, it. I got I got two more questions for you, uh, sure. and these really aren't uh, like as rapid. Okay. If you do one thing without any consequences or any retaliation for one day, what would it be? Oh my God, the sky's the limit on that one. I'm probably gonna flee the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being real. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All I don't right. want to incriminate myself. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. We'll get to the next look, one. Look we'll at my get... reaction. <laughs> I, think, I think we know what's up. Yep. Yep. What is your most memorable night in the DJ booth? I've had a lot of them, but I think the one that still sticks in my mind was my 40th birthday in 2019. Right. That was that was a very special moment because that was the first time in my life, in my career that like, I want to say the full venue was there for me, like, yeah. you know, where I looked left and right. And it was literally, I knew everybody, like everybody and their mom, people that I hadn't seen in years came out, you know, like DJs took the night off to come hang, you know, and and that means a lot because, you know, people are missing out on like $500,000, but just to go hang for the night. It's like, it was incredible. And that was also my, the last big hangover before I went sober. So it was and, a good and time. And what club was this? Was this it, was, it was at, local? This was at Bruno's nightclub in San Francisco. Yeah, okay. It's one of the best okay. spots in the city. So yeah, it was incredible, man. Perfect night. I got way too wasted, but it was just perfect. Like I got to play whatever I wanted. Like that venue, they just let you do your thing. 1 a.m. I remember I was just playing Tribe Called Quest and I was playing fun like throwbacks you know like just our good r&b like yo let's get sexy who's getting late tonight you know just playing all you know all the all the good stuff i but, love that great. yeah no, that was great man I, I look at those pictures and i'm like i just can't wait to get back you know because it feels like for me it was that moment and then straight to the shutdown you know so, right and i haven't seen a club since so it's i'm i'm like itching for it you know but yeah, yeah definitely one of the top you know i've had a lot of great moments you know like you know i've played with major laser and diplo and you know i've done these things before opening for iggy azalea like but that 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 i think just because when you reach 40 that's like a big moment in your life you know in my own life like i've i've known people that didn't make it to this age you know i think back of all my friends who didn't make it from the streets and from my past and you know it's like even now i turned 42 this year it's like it's an accomplishment every year that we make it despite all the obstacles in the world you know so i have one other question that uh we've asked some other guests it's kind of in the same realm but mm -hmm. if you could go back and tell young audio one one thing when he started djing that Oof. you know now what would it be a lot of things actually <laughs> we we have a lot of is this know, a dj is this a dj question you want the dj answer or do you want just a, a well, life we, answer both we'll do the life and the dj answer you know we get a lot of a, a young listeners or guys that are, you know, maybe in their first couple of years of DJing and they, they, they want they like hearing some of this input. I think the best advice I could have given my old self is to make sure my finances are in order because it's taken me forever to get my finances. I mean, it took the pandemic for me to finally get my finances in control. You know, like I was just never good about, you know, invoices, never good about taxes, never, you know, I just kind of, I winged my way through 20 up till 2020. I just got winged through everything. Now that we've had all this downtime, you know, been able to gather all my receipts and everything, you know, it's very important, you yeah. know, because how are you going to buy a home if you have no way of proving that you have income coming in? But I think in general, I mean, not just as a DJ, but I think in general, it's something that they probably should have taught us in high school. You know what I mean? Like, I was just going to say that. I feel like what an important class that they, you know, they, they have home ec, 
but mm-hmm. bills, right? Credit cards, anything. Why? Why isn't that? That's just as important as home ec. Why are yeah, they teaching? Learning that? about credit in general and what that means and what it does and mm-hmm. how it impacts your life would be super beneficial. I, I mean, I could honestly say I think that is one thing that you mentioned that is so important. I, I say that all the time. I say it to bartenders. Uh, a lot of times bartenders, you know, don't have to claim their cash tips. It's just credit cards. And I'm like, well, do you want to buy a house someday? Do you want to, mm-hmm. you know, if this is something you want to do, having the income is, you know, you're basically, you know, a third of your income, you're not reporting at this right. point. Yeah. And at a, at a certain point, the money is coming in really strong. So you always think that it's always going to be there. <laughs> Save it up for that rainy day is important for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, just in general, the things like that, and even learning about investments, you know, your retirement, it's very important things. People don't think about it, but, you know, especially like what happened with me with like stroke and everything, like, I'm like, dude, I'm not ready. Like, you know, everything that's happened from then till now has been like, now I'm putting the pieces into position for the rest of my life, you know, yeah. you know, some shit goes down. I want, I don't want my family to be burdened by it. You know what I'm saying? So it definitely, it drove the importance home. The pandemic definitely drove a lot of that importance because we were pretty much left hanging everybody, all of us, you know, first time ever that any of us probably were stopped ever from working. We had, we couldn't do anything about it. And it's scary. It was, it was a good reset. I obviously bad things happen, but I, I definitely had some great takeaways and mm-hmm. some, uh, some learning stuff that I've been able to change around my life. Just, just like you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, it was that reset all of us needed. We all needed it for sure, man. One of the things that we kind of always do, uh, on the show is the Serato top five. So oh, man, y'all ready? This is the uh, <laughs> part where we go through, and if we got any new listeners, we're going to go through Audio One's top five played Serato songs. So, and okay. it could be a little skewed if you got an edit from somebody counts their their place too. So, but okay. yeah, and you're doing a ton of Twitch, so obviously it's not all only the club. It's something that you might be playing a lot in your set, so we understand right. that. So, let's see, y'all ready for these ones? Yeah, let's hear it. I'm well, excited. What, what's the number one? What would be the number one Latin song in the world right now? Peppas. Red Hot Chili Peppas. <laughs> Peppas. Peppas coming in at number Pe- one. Huh? Peppas coming in at number one. The original version, even though at times I will play uh, Spider Tech has a really great remix, and uh, Shake from LA has a great remix as well. Okay. They're more big room style ones. I usually tend to play the original and then work my way into the remix just so it's like the first drop hits, and then after the second one, it's like a bigger drop. Are, are you playing it? Um, I always come in at the big sing along part, or do you play it just from the beginning? Um, I do both. I think in the club, you kind of have to do the sing along part. It's the, the main sing along part is important. I believe in them in like a Latin clubs, they want to hear the whole buildup, even though the, the guy singing in the first part is kind of chill. But yeah. that's sort of in, in what I've noticed from the especially from the Latin DJs is that it's sort of like a great buildup for that crowd. Like they know exactly what they're about to get, you know, totally makes sense. hundred yeah. percent. But um, my buddy Kaz has a really cool edit. That's just the synth. It's just the okay. synth by itself. So whatever I'm playing, I could just scratch it into the set and, and it'll play over it. So, yeah, it, it works out. There's so many, and I, I find that it's like a great segue between Latin and EDM and pop, you know, like you can go back and forth with it. It's very interchangeable. Do you just drop the synth a hundred times throughout the whole night? <laughs> At, over could. every little part? You could. Yeah, we've done <laughs> that before. It in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you have like a, 
a routine that you play like another song. I don't know why I haven't been doing this. I just for some reason thought of it. That Balier song, I feel like that would go well with it. Bailar, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I said That's... they're they're pretty close in key too. So I don't What's know the, why the coffin, the, the those guys that were dancing with the the coffin. Oh, the ast- astronomia, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. I that. I actually thought it was the that song when it first came out. Yeah, it that synth is yeah. so similar. Say, I think it's the same patch. Yeah, number two, um, number two, J Balvin and Skrillex in the ghetto. All right, yeah. it's been very Latin heavy over here, as you can tell. <laughs> do you ever play the original? How do you how do you mix that in? That one, I mean, you were talking about the Bad Yard Club version. You mean yeah. The, yeah, I mean, everyone's uh, usually will bring in the 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 old version and then going right into the new one. Danny Danny Diggs has a real great. He, I think he has like two bootlegs of it out. Um, he has one more where it's uh over Chris Lorenzo like bass remix. That's mm-hmm. usually the one that I go for. So yeah, I do I do the Latin sets on Wednesdays on my stream on Twitch and. I always try to differentiate from all the other Latin DJs because with a lot of Latin music, it's pretty much the same shit. So like yeah. with the up tempo, I just try to hit them with more big room style. You know, I'm, it's more like it isn't just this one style. I'm gonna give you a bit of everything. So I usually just try to hit it from that perspective. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a great track. I I feel like I haven't been playing it as much. Um, I did have a Spanish crowd this past weekend. I played it. It's, mm-hmm. It it does well. It's no yeah three times though, right, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> what is? Let's be honest. That one you could you could put any drop to that song and it'll still work. <laughs> See, there you go. That's yeah. so you gotta you gotta tell Audio One now. You gotta fill them oh, in. Uh, this was on the last episode and actually it hasn't dropped yet as we're recording this. But mm-hmm. I was basically just saying I I was feeling it's more of a filler song instead of like a big song, but I apparently have been proved wrong everyone's uh mad at me that that that's the that's still a go-to are, are you still playing that track i'm just curious mm-hmm. yeah yeah all the time all right. yeah. uh it's just one of those that you don't really have to play the original like if you find a good bootleg of it it yeah. works people just know i think it. the bootleg's probably the move that's yeah. that's where it is yeah. I, I yeah have a good bootleg and it's really quick though. It's the only I I kind of consider the song a filler too, but it goes r- right into the you had a drink, yeah. So do we, yeah. You know yeah. that part, and then I have a I have an edit. It's a really old edit, but it's like a clap clap appella edit that goes into DJ the Donk. Yeah. yeah, one of those. Yeah. yeah, but it goes a cappella out at the end. So I usually okay. just use that part as the the part that gets people in, and then on the on the a cappella out, I'm just. I'm just ready with like a big room buildup. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like yeah, that. So, I like yeah. that. I, I don't know. For me, like the DJ and it's like a construction set. It's just these little things you kind of tie in together, you know, these building blocks. So that's I how need, I look I at my that edit. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right. Number three. Yeah. Number three, another Latin one. This one's Raul Alejandro. The song is called Todo de Ti. Have you heard that before? I have not. And I'm writing it down. Okay. Because I it's, need it. Rao, it's spelled R-A-U-H or um, R-A-U-W. I actually have it. I just have it. Alejandro, it. yeah. And it's uh, todo, T-O-D-O, de ti. It's Sony, so, you know, <laughs> like everything Latin. Sony. I'm, I'm making an A1 crate right here. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah. That one and is, you... uh, that's an up-tempo 128. It has a, a lot of the new Latin stuff is starting to have that kind of 80s type of feel to it. Like it has like that 80s dance vibe to it, so. 
Okay. Um, a lot of Latin stuff's headed that direction. It it almost sounds like a Miami Vice type of feel. Like it's kind of interesting. I got like, that's the best it, way I can explain it. Is there a specific way you you play this? No, that one just just drop it in, just let it play. You know, it's okay. it's one of those songs for the girls because the song's really just about like the guys basically singing to the girl. You know, hey, it's basically translated. Todo de ti means it's all about you. You know. Ooh. Like I love, I like, like I love everything about you, and it's like, and he's just singing his ass off to the girls, pretty much. So yeah, sexy so, vibes. So I know you do, you have your Latin night and you have an EDM night. Mm-hmm. Do you do you, do these crossover at all into oh, those? One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, because there's a lot of new songs in your your top five, which is impressive. Yeah, pretty with, much everything's pretty pretty new. Yeah, I've been keeping I've been keeping up to date, you know, with a lot of the stuff. So I love it. All mm-hmm. right. And okay, number four. Number four. Now, how do you say this? Is it S House or Shouse? Shouse, I, I think. Thought. I want to say it's Shouse. Shouse, yeah. okay. Love tonight. That- uh, love tonight. I play the Yanis remix. I I love that track. I I've been playing. Jason B uh, put together like a little Frankenstein. That's like four edits in one. It's on DMS. Okay. I even shortened it down a little bit, and then it's okay. got. I think it finishes with the the Chachi bootleg that mm-hmm. goes into like the auto nose. Oh, I okay. love that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I love that. I played track. that at my wedding this weekend. It was biggest song of the night. One of the biggest songs. Yeah, check out the Giannis one. It's probably, it's, I think it's on DMS. I, we submitted it, but uh, that one's more the, uh, the they call it Afro House, like very, very drum heavy, like edits. It's really cool. Um, it's like a style that they play a lot in Europe and like in the Caribbean. It's all. I, I keep a ton of Giannis edits. I, you know, I, like I never really understood that until, you know, when people say, Oh, like they play it a lot in Europe. I went to ADE in, you know, Amsterdam, the mm-hmm. Amsterdam dance event. And yeah. uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, you should totally look it up. It's worth uh, at least m- knowing, you know, what it is. You see somebody like Fetty Legrand and he plays in Vegas. And what he plays in Vegas is completely different. different from what he's playing and is set in the club in mm-hmm. Amsterdam. And until I experienced that, I was like, ah, he's probably, it was completely different. Yeah, completely. And it was cool. I mean, it was when people are into it, it's cool. Yeah. I couldn't be playing that stuff, but yeah. I would like to be able to. And like people re- react to it like that. I can't remember the club that was in that night in Amsterdam when I saw Fetty. It was Fetty, Bob Sinclair and EDX all at the same party. Oh, that wow. Night. That's quite the lineup right there. That's yeah. A lineup. yeah. I saw EDX at a Coachella. That was a great set. I was drinking Heineken's. I had like 12 that. <laughs> oh, you're having a what, blast, huh? <laughs> uh, what year was that? What, what year was that, Audio One? I, oh, I, yours is 2018. And what, yeah. what year did you say you saw that? Uh, 2014 at Coachella. 2014, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That was like when the early Future House stuff started coming out, when Chami was out and all those guys, yeah. I need that Giannis uh, edit of uh, Shouts, too. Yep, I'll send it to you. <laughs> all right, number five. Uh, number five. This one is by Chami, believe it or not. This track is called Buenos Aires. And it samples a Zap Heartbreaker. It's really dope. Really, really. Dope. Probably, probably one of the tracks that I played the entire pandemic. Pretty much, I still play it every week on my sets. It's really the sample. When you hear the sample, you recognize it immediately. Especially any any Zap and Rogers samples are pretty much like a go in anything, you know. But this was pretty cool. Like one uh, of the things that Drew and I have talked about is is like we feel like some of the stuff, like the stuff that we like considered cheesy like 10 years ago is like kind of becoming hot again with like some of these remixes and these Mm -hmm. like covers of some of these old disco songs and old songs 
And it's just kind of funny to see like it circle back. And now when you like meet with a client, they were like, well, I don't want any cheesy stuff. And then you have to be like, well, what do you think is cheesy? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like for them, ABBA Dancing Queen is like not cheesy anymore. And like they want to hear it or like they want to hear Gimme Gimme or, you know, whatever. It's just kind of funny how it's come full circle now, right? Yeah, yeah. As long as we don't have to play play that funky music, White Boy or Brick House, I'm (laughs) I'm all good. (laughs) Those are those are blacklisted for me. Lots of Boney M out there right now too. (laughs) Oh, Boney M all day. Yeah. So and that that was that was a big uh, duck sauce. They they kind of brought them out. They they were more of a B side, right? Right. Once uh, Barbara Streisand dropped, I mm-hmm. feel like they they really people notice them a lot more. And and you know they have that big giant TikTok song too. What's the TikTok song? Rescue, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. the one that everyone's been, like remixing right now. Yeah, get asked for that all the time at mm-hmm. some of my weddings. Earlier in the uh, when we were asking some of the earlier questions to get started, you kind of were telling us a little bit about. About your background mm-hmm. um, and where you used to work. Uh, we kind of want to know about the history of Audio One and how you got started into DJing and how oh, it gosh. kind of came. So you're at ITT Technical Institute. Now, I only know about that because oh. of the commercial. That's oh, the yeah. only way I know about the Technical Institute. But that's it. the main office is up in the Bay, right? I don't know exactly where their office is, where to be honest. Like, well, I, I'm saying the main campus is what I meant. Well, they had them all over the U.S. at the time, but you know, okay. I, I just knew in high school I wasn't going to make it into like a regular college and I was not trying to go to like the community college and somehow I got suckered into going to ITT. It was it was an interesting three years there, you know, it was like a lot of it was crazy because like straight out of high school, three days later, I was at ITT already. Like I didn't even have like I didn't even have my summer break or anything. It was like everybody else was partying. I was like hitting the books. So are you DJing at this time or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I've been DJing since the age of 11. But at the ITT Tech in high school, transferring over, are you are you already oh, yeah. DJing? I'm just okay. I'm, I'm just local, just DJing like house parties, uh, some frat parties in my area. Nothing serious. You didn't do the school dance yet? No, I didn't really do those. I never really did those. Like I had friends who did them. My One, one of my mentors actually did some of the school dances for us at my high school um no i didn't really really dj out till like after 2000 that's when i really started getting out into raves and sooner or later i started getting into clubs didn't you play like a lot of jungle stuff yeah jungle and drum and bass yeah so yeah so i want to say the first part of my career i spent a lot of time playing hip-hop underground boom bap and then drum and bass just kind of made it happen i was a raver so that's how it worked out but here in here in the bay area we're such a melting pot that like we could listen to drum and bass and then go listen to latin house you know like it's just that's just how it is you know so and drew drew knows la's like that like power tools right like 100 percent. Yeah, we would listen so. to power tools in fact i used to go to a ton of um jungle parties we would oh, wow. there was one here in la and i can't remember what it was called at this point and then my buddy was really into it yeah. too yeah i was just tagging along i wasn't even djing at the time i don't i don't know that i fully understood what all that was going on but i, I liked it you know yeah. it's like the drums and i i've always been a big reggae head dub reggae and all that stuff has mm-hmm. always been big to me and you know it's such a big influence in the jungle i found so, it fa- i found it all fascinating i was raving a lot when i was younger in my teenage years and being exposed to all those different genres, all those different DJs, how they did their thing. Like I was probably drugged half the time. So I was just enjoying <laughs> what the hell they were doing. I don't know. It was, I found it fascinating and I just, I just never saw myself not doing it after the age of 11. I just never saw myself without my turntables and 
they're right here. I still have them, you know. So <laughs> the same yeah. ones from same eleven. Ones, same ones, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously they've been upgraded. Um, my my buddy Ajax did a he put some uh, carbon fiber, you know, coating on them. It's real cool. So that's yeah. cool. Well, these are the you got techniques at age eleven. I didn't get. I got them when I was fourteen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Still. Wow. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That they've been cool. through everything. It's fun. I, I joke around that my turntables lasted longer than my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that well, was you know, that's. That's Same. basically their problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was 14 years. This has been longer than that. So, yeah. It'll make Change. them like they used to. <laughs> they're, they're still tanks, but they're not, man. Yeah. That was the, the blessing and the curse of those, that they made them too good. So they were unable to keep selling them. So you were you didn't start DJing and playing out until the 2000s. So yeah. where Audio One graduates high school, then later in life, he's uh, he's been DJing, but he's not playing out. But mm. let's fast forward a little bit because I can remember before like ever really knowing you personally, mm. uh, getting email blasts uh, of yep. zips of like it would be like a hundred edits, yeah, weekly or something like that. Maybe bi-weekly. I don't. I don't quite remember. But DJ Audio One was in my inbox all the time. Right, sliding your DMs <laughs> <laughs> early, early, right? <laughs> yeah, early DMs, also known as emails. Yeah, <laughs> maybe about five or six, five or six zip files. That would take me the whole week to go through before the weekend would hit. No, it was amazing. How do you get into editing? What are what were you using at the beginning? Uh, what software were you using to make all these edits? And and what inspired you to just start making edits and going, hey, you know what? I'm going to share these with everybody. I credit one person. That would be Greg J, who used to be part of the Crooklyn clan. He's one of my good friends. I've known him for almost two decades. Um, he's the person responsible for taking me out of the rave and into the club. Like if it wasn't for him, none of this would have happened. You know, I would have been, I honestly think had he, had he not come into my life, like I would have still been a drum and bass DJ probably. I probably would have still been playing raves. I mean, I probably would have killed it in that scene, but um, I think at the time I was looking for a change. And it was around the time when Vice and AM started taking over Vegas. And it was all this new exciting time, new energy. And, and I love the fact that uh, at the time, like it was, people were becoming more accepting of you playing multiple genres at once. I just, I was never a fan of like, you got to be a house DJ. You have to be a hip hop DJ. Like I hated that, you know? And, you know, even before Serato, it was really expensive to keep up with all these different genres. But yeah, so Greg J got me into the clubs, but he actually would make edits and bootlegs back then. He, the way he broke it down to me was very simple. Like when we're on CDJs, we're on Serato. He's like, if we have the ability, we all have the same music. Why are we going to play it the same? You might as well make your own edits so you could sound different and stand, you know, like sound more unique, you know, set yourself apart from everybody else. And that just, I sort of just took that and ran with it pretty much, man, from 2006 forward. Started with you know before a few years before that I was making my own edits on Acid Pro and then got into Ableton and pretty much been Ableton ever since. And we couldn't both agree more about you know the the edits and the, the production even even production and editing and making bootlegs on a small mm -hmm. level is setting yourself apart from a lot of a lot right. of different DJs. And if we got young DJs listening right now, this is just another example of somebody else saying exactly what we've been saying. You gotta figure out and learn how to edit and, and right. make yourself sound different from the guy who played the night before. Oh, so I was going to say, so you start making these edits and you're doing this 
at what point does the email blast come along? Are you just sharing them with anybody that will take them? Are you making them just for yourself? What's what's the progression here? At first, I was making them for myself, for my sets, you know. And then at the time I was, you know, it was MySpace era. I was meeting DJs on MySpace. And then there was a lot of message boards at the time, if you guys remember. I'm like oh, yeah. the, the Z Trip message board. There was Holotronics, which was Diplo's message board. And um, just kind of got into those circles of different DJs and different groups and you know i would just started asking people for their emails you know it was one of those things i it was sort of a i watched something on marketing back then and it was like uh what's a, a good way to get people's information well ask for their email you know and that's literally what i did like and then twitter came out in 08 i've been on twitter since 08 and i remember one of the first tweets that i sent out was like if anyone wants my edits shoot me your email and that's literally how it was just like you know a dozen people at first and a couple of thousand over time but for me it was one it's paying it forward i'd never tried for anything you know what i mean if it works for you cool man if if what i send you enhances your set then cool down the line it'll turn into something else you know i've, I've always been big on paying it forward with everything so crazy to believe that i've gotten a ton of opportunities just because i sent people edits years ago you know like you well know. all three of us here well i mm-hmm. can say the exact same thing mm-hmm. you know my career is exactly where it is be only from making edits that i was gonna make for myself it wasn't it was for no other reason than i just wanted a better way to play the play a song yeah it was you were heavy on the serato boards too i remember seeing oh man yeah no that's where that's where a lot of the where a lot of it grew pretty much yeah it was it was an interesting time the the mid to late 2000s was interesting like you know it was just fun man i think it was like once Serato came in, it was a whole new discovery of music happening, you know? Like, people had access to music they never had access to before. You didn't have, like, limitations to just, like, your one genre. You were able to just dip into everything. You had all these different artists that were experimenting with all these different sounds, you know? You had M.I.A. out there. You had Diplo, who was making crazy shit at the time. And, you know, remember you remember the Baltimore Club takeover back then, you know? Yeah. Early Dirty Dutch, you know? Like, to think of all the different <laughs> sounds we've gone through in the past two decades like you know it's a roller coaster you know but it was a good time man and i think you you can tell the people that made it and the people who didn't you know people you know people go through phases you know musically so that's one thing i will say about you you've always been great about networking and 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 staying in contact with people and staying positive Mm -hmm. Uh, there's been many a times where uh you know, there's Facebook arguments or something getting heated, and Audio One brings the peace. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Doesn't always work, believe me. <laughs> but you're there with a positive attitude. Yeah. No, I mean, the way you got to look at life is like, is it worth? Is it worth all the nonsense out there? Everyone's always going to think different, you know. So, not everyone can agree on everything. You just got to keep it moving. You know what I mean? Given the way way things are in this world. You know, not everyone's going to get along. You know, if people really put how they felt about everything, most people wouldn't get along. You know what I mean? And, and that's why you were unable to answer what you would do. Um, right, right. <laughs> One night without any consequences. Oh, without oh, the consequences. Oh, man. <laughs> You'd go after everybody on Facebook. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. No, no I... <laughs> 
<laughs> I keep thinking of office space when they're like, what do you, what would you do with a million dollars? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Networking is so important. You're just the king of it. I feel like, and I, I think that got a good grasp on that. And if there is anything you'd want to share to any young listener or anything, by all means, please, we would love to hear like a networking tip or something you think is important. Honestly, it's just keeping open to the lines of communication open, you know, like especially today. I mean, even in the past five, 10 years, you know, uh, Drake made it popular. No new friends. You know, there's that phrase out there. No new friends. The reality is if you have no new friends, you're not going to build a business. You're not going to be able to move forward. You actually need new friends to get you new opportunities, you know? And I speak from firsthand experience because I used to be very close-minded back in the day. And I'm so glad that I'm not anymore because had I stayed the way that I was before, I, a lot of the stuff that's happening now wouldn't have ever come to fruition because more power to people who stick to their guns and they stick to their genres and, you know, keeping it real and all. But keeping it real doesn't get you paid. That's just yeah. the reality. And I think all of us have realized that over time. You know, even, even the most hardcore boom bap guy, you know, will tell you, yeah, well, I am the hardcore boom bap guy. But, you know, I mean, I'm wearing a boom bap shirt right now. But, <laughs> you know, uh, but they, they're probably playing weddings on the weekend. They're playing, you know, they're probably playing top 40, you know, weddings, you know, like that's just how it is. Speaking of boom bap, let's get into the Twitch a little bit. Uh, tell sure. us, tell us your, your, okay, you're doing four nights on Twitch. Yes. Uh, tell us your four different nights. Um, right after this interview, I'm doing Boom Bat Mondays. There we go. That's what we do. My buddy DJ Fly from Pennsylvania and I came up with that during the pandemic. It was just the two of us on Mondays and then spiraled out of control from there. We've had everybody. We've had Scratch Bastard, Mike2600, Evil D from the Beat Miners. We've, everybody. Uh, Jay, we just had earlier today, we had JC, who's uh, Ludacris' DJ. Who haven't we not had? Like, you know, the most important DJs. I think... Only Jazzy Jeff we haven't had yet. That's because wow. you have to make a big phone call for that one. But yeah, no, no the lineup's like, always impressive. Every single Monday, yeah, always, yeah, yeah. definitely. And so it, no, it's 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 a it's a good outlet for you know classic hip hop and real hip hop. So I do that on Mondays. All my sets on uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays are seven p.m. Pacific, ten Eastern. And uh, Wednesday night I do a show called La Fiesta, which is my uh, Latin show. So everything Latin related is on Wednesday nights. Fridays, I just call it TGIF, and that's my open format show. Pretty much play whatever I want. Lately, it's been a lot more uh, throwbacks, hip-hop, R&B, really depending on what I'm feeling. Sometimes I feel like playing Moombatone remixes the whole set, and that's what I'll do. You know, I'll play Afrobeats or, you know, or booty bass, you know. like. Um, and then Saturdays is a show that used to be called Broke-Ass EDC. We've now re we've retitled it as uh, uh, High Octane. And, uh, yeah, that's 100%. Dance music, electronic, bass, everything. German bass even falls into there as well. So I, I liked the broke ass EDC, but I actually think I like high octane better. Yeah. High octane was a, a, a mixed CD series that I put out about 10 years ago. I made four volumes, and that was like very super high energy, 130 to 134 BPM. Okay. Every, basically, every song from back then pitched up to 134. That I was called yeah. high octane. So, yeah. I, I, so one of the questions I have about Twitch is, sure. you know, when you're playing in the bars and clubs, we as DJs, we got to stay fresh. I think playing in a bar and a club is a little easier to stay fresh because, you know, you're, there's only certain songs that work on the dance floor and right. that get people hype. And you know that, but when you're on Twitch, it's staying fresh. You got to stay a lot more because it's a weekly thing. You got a lot of the same people coming in there. Right. What's a tip you would give to stay fresh on 
in your sets i mean with twitch or or, or even just in you know uh, a club or bar setting how do, what's the way you like to stay fresh just stay digging for new music all the time man you is there gotta, a certain way you organize uh if i went into my organization that would be a whole podcast in itself we're probably gonna have to I, do that i eventually. actually want to bring you back for that because i've seen your organization and wow it it's, is it's, impressive it's, dude. it's actually gotten even crazier since uh since crate hackers i don't came know into how that's life, possible but, because yeah. it is impressive it yeah. is it is really impressive Wait, I want to get back to crate hackers, but I'm I'm still curious about this. Well, how you I mean, organize everything? I mean, right now, I mean, well, I'm using I'm using the crate hacker system, so I pretty much dumped every finally dumped everything into one folder. But most most of my organization right now is based on the metadata, and that's like what I tell everybody: make sure you have your years in and have your uh, genres handled. And once you have those two, at least those two things. Your smart crates can handle the rest of it. You set all the rules. So I'm pretty much smart crate heavy pretty much for everything because those crates just build themselves as long as the metadata is in there with each new track that's brought into the system. So do you, um, I guess this is my problem with my smart crates is I had to dumb them down to, I think I might have maybe 10 to 15 because I would start forgetting that I would write one. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, it would, I would be like hype or I don't know, I'm just using an example, name it some kind of party. And then I would forget about that. And then I would have to go and rewrite them all. So uh, we're okay. definitely gonna have to bring you on to have some kind of logic on how you title all these. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But back back to a Fuse's question about uh, how, how to stay fresh. I mean, they, you know, just stay digging, you know, like uh, diversify your pools, diversify where you get your music, you know, definitely. People are still sleeping on DMS, believe it or not. You know, and it's funny, like every every time I have a set, they're like, bro, I've never heard any of this stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's on DMS, you cheap fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for for as much as people talk about their balling, I'm like, hey, if you're balling that hard. They always hey. want the records for free, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think all of us here will. And, and we always talk with Warren and Warren will be the first to tell you that you should be on multiple pools. Yeah, and you know, we're all sitting here, our DMS editors. I love DMS. It, uh, if I wasn't working for them, it would still be my number one pool. Right. But with that being said, mm-hmm. I still have other pools and mm-hmm. it's important. You know, I have I have like five, I think, open right now. Five right. different pools just yeah. to, to be able to pull different things and see what's going on and all of right. that. So I, I definitely think that that's important. Yeah. I mean, every, every pool and every source is going to give you different results, you know, and it's important for you. I mean, you could play it the safe route and just play the things as they were meant to be played. Or you can go the extra step and find something that's going to be a little more out there, you know? For me, like, when I do these shows, I'm just trying to come with the best, like, remixes and bootlegs out there, you know, for each of my shows. You know, except for the Boom Bap one. The Boom Bap, I try to keep it more, you know, the originals. But there are some really great remixes and edits out there as well. So, you know, I'm always just digging, man. That's all I do, you know? Just try to find just try to find some real fresh stuff all the time. Just stay on top and, of and, your music. And it shows just by your Serato Top 5. You have most of the songs were from last year. It shows, you know, right. how up to date you are on yeah. on these things. Yeah, I got to brush up on my current rap, but that's mainly because I really have chose not to play new rap on Twitch as much. It's hard. I feel like a lot of new rap just for me. Flops. Yeah. yeah flops and unless you're like in a small bottle service heavy room where like people are all there and they're all cool and like trying to be cool it doesn't work for me right. and well because there's no dance floor right and it's all sing yeah. along and that's how it works is 
it's the sing along, and you're just going going with it. Yeah, That's they're there to be cool. Sit on the, the, the edge of the, the <laughs> booth, you know, or uh, the couch, like you said. Yeah, uh, and at least the songs are getting shorter and shorter. So it's the the big key moments, and then you can get out of it. All right. So you've been on uh, Twitch, and you've been doing your thing. And for those of the listeners that don't know, you suffered uh, from a stroke last mm-hmm. year. Since then, you've uh, been working on your recovery and which again you look great and i'm glad to see that you're doing well but you've partnered with a company or organization i should say called mm-hmm. it's for hope and mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about that and one of the things i'll mention real quick before you get started is yeah. dms just partnered with beats for hope we did a thing where we raised money to feed uh, families and people for the holidays mm-hmm. and they raised over twenty five thousand yeah. dollars and i think with that it was said it could be two hundred and fifty five thousand people, people yep. fed. so it's pretty amazing yeah that was really cool that was uh that was uh direct music service tweaks music tips and uh and beats for hope together that was yeah. incredible man yeah i mean beats beats for hope is a nonprofit organization based here in the san francisco bay area i've known alex mejia for many years more recently monica she handles everything there and pretty much what they do is they they just help raise funds for all these different organizations and people that really need the money out there like right now food is uh it's scary to say that like food necessity is so big so that's really what we're we ride on you know pretty much like for every dollar you raise you could feed you know a family for one dollar it's crazy man it's insignificant to most people, but when you t- you know when you tell people like for the price of a Starbucks every day you could like feed a-, a whole family, it really puts things into perspective. So for me, like linking up with Beats for Hope was was a natural fit. I've known Alex for years, and you know I I've, I've been at their events in the past, and I always felt like I wanted to you know give back to my community in some way possible. And it's just crazy that at the moment in my life where I had no work and nothing was happening, you know, and I was on Twitch, like it, you know, all the shit started happening. Like we were still giving back even when we didn't have anything. And now we're just keeping it moving, man. You know, each, you know, every time you buy merch from beatsforhope.com, you know, proceeds go directly to these organizations that need it. You know, I'm really happy we work with a, a nonprofit called Lava May. And what they do is uh, they set up portable uh, bathrooms and showers and home encampments and then you know like Skid Row in Los Angeles places like that they provide a lot of resources they provide like dental care and health care for homeless and communities as well so that's really what it's all about man it's just like you know I have a platform on on Twitch and I just play my ass off and you know and hopefully help spread you know the good word that's really what it is man you know it's it's not church or anything but it's just me be, you know, for me, it's doing the right thing. And especially everything that's happened after my stroke, it's all about paying it forward, really. You know, like the blessings came a thousand percent strong, like after what happened to me. And I feel that part of it was me paying it forward all these years. Everything comes back full circle. So now that I'm getting better, like all I could do is keep pushing forward, you know, spreading the word about, you know, helping communities in need. You know, it's just something I've always wanted to do. Is there links that you could share with people? Yeah. Um, uh, it also ties into your merch, right? Pro- proceeds of mm-hmm. if they buy a shirt or anything like that goes towards this as well? Yes. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, read the mission statement and all the information at beatsforhope.com. That's the best way to check it out. And you have a tab on there and it has tons of merch. So, yes, you yeah, guys my- uh, buy some Audio One gear. Uh, just Vibes. know that it's... it's uh, for charity and uh, a lot of the stuff it's cool because it kind of ties into the twitch and all that emotes and everything on there so it all kind of like comes full circle and right. i think 
really cool as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I never had merch before. It wasn't until the pandemic. It's so it's funny. Like we spoke earlier about the pandemic being like a necessary reset, but it really was because it made you think about what have you not done up to this point? And at the, up to that point, I hadn't had ever had merch in my life. And people always asked. It sort of just kind of came together, you know, naturally. So I was going to say we were at DJ Expo and everybody was rocking Audio One uh, merch. And that was what I was going to contribute yeah. to. That. Um, so awesome, what, man. Yeah, it was cool to see it all. And one of the things that we've kind of like talked about and alluded at and uh, so far, but I don't think we've touched on it mm-hmm. is since the uh pandemic you haven't you haven't taken any gigs at all uh since things have reopened you haven't taken any gigs at all and you've just solely been on twitch with the new year coming and uh strapping up this year um are you planning on hopefully taking some gigs uh come 2022 yes my goal right now is springtime i'm hoping march i'll be back out there i'm slowly i'm slowly starting to go out um, just kind of checking out what's happening. I, I got to get a lay of the of the ground out there right now, you know, because it's different everywhere. I, I sort of have the perspective of all my friends across the United States of what's happening in their markets, but I actually need to go out here in my own area and actually see what's actually happening because unfortunately not everything is open due to all the rules and regulations in California. And I think that's, a, that's something that a lot of people don't understand about California. You know, they're like, how is everything like this? I'm like, it's just the way things are out here. You know, there's rules and regulations for everything, you know, from running a bar to running a club to, you know, Drew will tell you, running, you know, uh, private events, you know, like specific load in times and load out and noise. Oh, it's it, it's just, it's not the best state to run a business, unfortunately. Well, I know San Francisco or just even all of North is probably as strict as uh, LA is mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. I'm not doing, I started doing a little bit more travel stuff just because I couldn't hang anymore. But right. we were just in LA and you need the vaccination card. You need to show that. You need to wear a mask. It's very, it's not the rest of the country. It's crazy. I still can't believe it. So I wonder how the clubs are there in Frisco if they're requiring vaccination cards and masks I, and I believe in, tables. I believe in the city of San Francisco, most venues are requiring it. But outside of San Francisco, I don't think like, in, I don't think in Oakland or San Jose they do. It's again, it's such a trip how, what the difference is from one county to the other, you know, like what's happening in LA County and then you go to Riverside or you go to Orange completely different go to san diego it's like open season down there you know like san diego's popping looks really cracking right now yeah i'm on the border of long beach and orange county yeah and so uh, most of the my friends will just go across the across the street so that they don't have to wear a mask into the the grocery store and fuse is coming out here to hang out for a little bit we got a couple shows lined up Uh, bring a mask (laughs) yeah definitely yeah i'm actually looking forward to coming out there it's been a while since i've been out california so i know things are a little different and that's just kind of the nature of what you got to deal with when you're traveling right now it's just you kind of just got to deal with things but i'm hoping soon that things will kind of you know be a little more i'm thinking like you were saying like springtime for when you're gonna be taking some gigs i'm hoping that you know things across the board will be more in sync you know by then I hope so. I mean, I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'm I'm getting back into it, you know. But uh, more than anything, we're talking to these different promoters and different uh, venues that I work with. Um, I've had to express like the importance of how important my health is, 
you know, uh, my health sort of takes precedent over everything else right now. So I'm being very strategic as far as everything I do from this point forward, you know, uh, like it's got to be worth my time if I'm going to be out there exposing myself because I am immunocompromised now, you know, dealing with the brain issues, dealing with the heart condition. Like I just can't be out there just, you know, nickel and diamond, you know, it has to be worth my time. If I'm going to travel, it has to be worth my time and effort. So, but the opportunities are coming in, offers are starting to come in now and uh, I'm just making sure everything's right. I'm, I, I pick, I pick March and springtime because I'm just, just based on how I'm feeling physically, like I'm getting better. I'm not at a hundred percent, but I'm getting pretty close. You know, there's some days where I am dealing with, there's days where I, I feel like I'm lost. Like I have brain fog and I'm just like pretty much out of it all day. And then some days I, I feel like I have nothing's wrong with me. So I continue to heal, you know, but I'm looking forward to 2022, man. You know, everything, all of this, everything, the pandemic, all this twitching is just preparation, you know, like, I was telling Fuse earlier that doing all these Twitch sets is more to keep me fresh with the music, fresh with the skills that I'm still on point, you know? So when I do get back out there and I'm I'm on point, I didn't like take a break this whole time, you know? The only break I really took was from the time I had the stroke to six months and then I got back on it. So. And you had everybody in the community step up and jump on your Twitch stream uh, to fill yeah. in and make sure you kept everything going, that kept was all amazing. the dates going. Yeah, that was really amazing, man. Yeah, up till October. Um, yeah, from October on, I've pretty much been doing it all on my own again. So, but yeah, it was amazing, man. I mean, even DJ Vice took over my channel, which that was just like, you know, the support, cool. you know, from all these people, you know, like, you know, E Rock, you know, Bella Fiasco, Angie V. These are like big names. V Tech, like, these are big names that they just showed support. They just jumped on and did their thing on my behalf. And I, you know, I'm forever grateful, you know. So it's been awesome to see just people support you and everything through this time and DJs right. helping DJs. It's, it's been really cool. We got a, a little lighter question we're going to ask you. And uh, sure. one of the things we've asked, well, we had just had Simo on and we've had Scooter on. And this is a question that Drew and I didn't really know about about until we kind of googled a little before when it comes to the bay era bay area and san francisco specifically mm. is there any kind of go-to food that is um bay area we we read sourdough bread and then i mentioned uh maybe a frisco melt <laughs> i don't know but mm. is there anything well everything i was reading where all the it's such a melting pot that there were so many different areas right Chinatown, uh, you go down to Fisherman's Wharf, it's so heavy on the seafood. There's just so many different areas in San Francisco and uh, in the Bay Area. Like yeah. he said, Scooter had the Philly cheesesteak, Skyline Chili for Cincinnati. So we're wondering if there's a go-to. Is oh it overrated? Gosh. Is it is it amazing? Maybe there's a couple since it is such a melting pot. Yeah, it's a that's a tough question because there's just so many different so much different food here and so many different things. Um yeah, when I think of San Francisco, I think of like like I, I don't know why, but when I think of San Francisco, I think clam chowder, like a bread bowl of clam chowder. That to me, that to me says San Francisco. Like okay, yeah. I think I've heard that before. Now yeah. that now that you're saying that, yeah, yeah. I mean okay. Fisherman's Wharf for sure. You would probably go to Boudin in in the uh, Fisherman's Wharf or something like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's that. But honestly, like California, man, it's all about Mexican food out here, man. It's all about Mexican food. <laughs> all, no, you brought all... that up earlier. Let's let's talk uh, tacos and Mexican food because that's yeah. if I'm stuck anywhere, I'm eating Mexican food. That's all I want. And, and when Fuse comes in, that's I I'm showing up some. <laughs> we're probably only eating Mexican food. I hope you're ready for that. Yeah, that's completely fine by me because I am ready. Is there classic recipes? Anything uh, you want to share? 
Uh, no, nah, not really, man. Just I, I implore anybody who's not from California to come out here and try out our Mexican food because I feel like most of the United States does not know what real Mexican food tastes like. No. Until no. they come to Cali or they come to Arizona, they go to to uh, Texas. Like You just don't know what real Mexican food is till you're really out here and you're actually enjoying it. You're eating at a food truck or something. Like That's you know that's the real vibe right there, you know, so... And even all three of those states that you just mentioned, you know, it's mm-hmm. Tex-Mex, it's it's all different. It's, right. it's all the different regions. And Cali, Cali uh, Mexican food is just so amazing. Right. So. Yeah, if you ever come out to the Bay Area, look, I'm going to give you guys a, a, a name. Look up Al Pastor Papi. Okay. Al Pastor Papi. That's my man, Mr. E from San Francisco. He has a really incredible food truck. He actually, him and his brother battled uh, Bobby Flay many years ago for like best burrito it was really cool but yeah look them up i'll send you guys the instagram when you guys see this food you guys are gonna be like oh i'm going to the bay i gotta i gotta have that because it's just <laughs> is it is it only al pastor because that's oh, that's he, my he, go-to for he, the most yeah. part yeah, yeah same yeah i think i think it's the main dish he, he does other meats too but yeah like he actually went down to mexico he went to mexico city went to study the, the how they make it like he he's pretty legit with it so are you drinking out of a taco bell cup right now too i, I, am, I, I noticed oh, that man. i didn't want to Come say on. <laughs> i mean you got you're sitting here talking telling me about how good tacos are out in california and he's eating yeah. dude i had to pick up i had to pick up. my daughter up and we were in that a rush sense. and it's it's yeah. like one minute from her her school and i'm going okay i have a half a minute to like get here and get back to record this that's, so. that's my favorite thing so far right now this <laughs> i am not trolling I, by I any means that. either i saw that, I saw that too. i'm not trolling either it's amazing that's funny i i haven't had fast food since the day i had the stroke life changer <laughs> i need to get your mentality going because i could definitely use uh use use that change going on here it's, for sure it's, it's moderation more than anything man you know it's really uh, that's really what it is man i think i mean i learned the hard way man i mean having a stroke is not fun at all man i had to give up pretty much everything you know like when i say i have tacos like we have tacos at home i, I rarely go out to go get them made because that's why i've lost so much weight gave up gave up gave up all the fast food gave up soda gave up you know caffeine pretty much like no more red bulls no more coffee like all i have is water now or water with some light flavoring so and you don't even need the caffeine i i something came up in my feed recently just cutting back the caffeine how much better you'll feel when you oh yeah 100 think you need it yeah are you yeah. taking any like supplements do you take any like vitamins or anything oh, yeah yeah i do notice have helped yeah no i take a multivitamin i have a couple other things that i take as well so yeah i just started taking cmos cmos is really good for you yeah yeah i just yeah. started taking that uh i'm I, i'm not taking it long enough to where I could say like I noticed anything because it's literally yeah it takes about a month for it for you to notice any yeah. effect yeah it, yeah it's like a slow burn yeah I, I used to take it and it was like you, you would just take a scoop out of the out of your thing a day so and um, are you cooking for yourself or yeah. just the family all throws down together yeah pretty much yeah so everything like our diet here is pretty much low salt low sugar so pretty much everything's pretty much modified it's it's basically taking health into consideration you know like like if i went back out if i went outside and just ate whatever was out there i probably would get sick because i did it for too long there's certain things you can reverse with your health and and what you do but i couldn't just go back out there and have a cheeseburger you know that would just mess me up you know we had uh, me and my wife did the whole 30 which 
for 30 days, you cut out sugar, anything processed, any of that. Right. And I did have a cheeseburger to celebrate right afterwards. And I got sick. Yeah. It's, that's what happened. That, that was only a month. So I can't even imagine as long as you've been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just gotta be careful. I mean, honestly, it's, uh, you know, I'm not trying to preach here, but uh, it's really just moderation and everything, you know, like I haven't drank the entire pandemic. So I'm almost 21 months, not uh, no alcohol. So, that's helped out a lot, you know. Um, Rops. Yeah. I mean, every everything in moderation. I speak from experience. I used to drink six sodas a day. It's just not good. Three Red Bulls a day. It's just not – that's no way to live. Um, yeah. I think the most important thing that I've learned since getting out of the hospital is, um, like, portion control. Right. Like, before – like, especially being Latin, you just – you're just forced to eat hella food. You know what I mean? It just becomes second nature. Like, you know, fill up your plate. When you're finished, fill it up again. But no, now it's really like when they tell you like a size of your fist of rice, a size of this for this, you know, like on your plate, it it's a mind fuck because in your mind, it's like, that's not enough. But when you have it, your body, you know, your body's like, okay, this is good. You know, it takes your body like about 20 minutes for it to process what you ate. And normally when we're just picking out, we're like, oh, I need, I'm not full yet. You just eat more. Then those 20 minutes hits and then everything just hits you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, we I, I cook. I shouldn't say I, but my girlfriend and I, she uh, she does a lot of cooking. And through the pandemic, kind of, we started. And not only with just being more healthy, but it's such a, um, I mean, the amount of money I save because of cooking at home. I mean, mm-hmm. we can go we can go to the store. We, we probably go to the store every Sunday. And on Sunday, if we spend $150, that's a lot for the two of us. So... For 150 bucks, we're we pretty much both of us eat, you know, for the whole week. Don't get me wrong, we still go out every once in a while and eat somewhere, but half the time I'm like, we can make this at home and it tastes better, you know? And yeah, you know, we got food for a couple days, or you know, I got lunch tomorrow too because of this. So it and I didn't really ever give it any thought until the world slowed down because I mean, I was just always on the go or just the convenience factor, you know? So it is a big deal. There's so many options. And I always say eating healthy in America is hard now. Like you really have to want, not only is it hard, if you're eating out, it's expensive. So eating out, even if you're getting stuff in the store, Mm -hmm. it's expensive. The healthier option is usually the more expensive option. I'm not, you know, just like, fat-free Cheez-Its. I'm talking like the stuff that's actually good for you, you know? Right. So no, but that's good. And I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're feeling better and everything. There's, if there's one piece of advice I would give every, any DJ or anybody in general, don't eat at night. Don't eat after the club. That's like the worst thing you can do to your body. And I know we all have done it because we're, we're just <laughs> faded as fuck. And that pizza looks really good. Or that burrito <laughs> looks really good at 3am, but trust me. Taco Bell. Yeah, see, that's my problem. I used to, I used to do on the way back before the pandemic. On the way back home, I would have a Taco Bell that was twenty four hours and a Carl's Jr. that was twenty four hours. So yeah, that just doesn't digest well. You know, you feel like shit the next day. You know, it's like I just know we always. It, it, that's the mess up thing about nightlife and DJ culture is you drink and then you want to eat. It's like yeah. they, they go hand in hand. You know. Yeah, it's like school. You were saying we need. Uh... You know how they want to do that. We should do classes where they talk about just your finances and all that stuff. We need a right. DJ school where we talk about health. Right. I mean, I remember in home ec in high school, like home ec was like, all right, we're going to show you how to make Rice Krispie treats. And it was right. like, all right, cool. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> 
but how to, like, how to make popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's, let's learn how to make healthy stuff, healthy stuff that tastes good. Anyway, another, another topic that we've touched on and we know you got a jet here in a little bit, but uh, great hackers and mm-hmm. how, how that's been a big tool for you and what you've been doing with that, man. Shout out to, shout out to Aaron and everybody at great hackers. They reached out after I had my stroke. They just offered the tools to me. They're like, we know you're going to be down for a while. So like, let's just give you access to this stuff. And you let us know what you think. And I'll be, I'll be straight up before that moment. I really wasn't really a fan of what Crate Hackers was. I didn't really, and that was more because I didn't really understand it. Like I I'm, I, I was just like, what? Playlists? You're giving DJs playlists? That doesn't make any sense at all, you know? But once they provided me the tools and I started implementing them, I was like, oh, okay, this really makes a lot of sense. Me and Warren mm-hmm. always joke that uh, when they first told us about it, we go, that's the dumbest idea ever. You're going to give people playlists and they're going to sign up. Obviously, we're huge fans and yeah, everything they're doing over there is definitely game changing so how are you using it to your advantage well i basically was able to uh i mean i was already organized for for you know for lack of a better term but uh um, i had all the free time earlier in the year stuff free time but i was able to weed out a lot of music from my music collection that i didn't need just stuff that sat around for years they just gave me the tools in different ways I, sp- I spent a lot of time talking to Mike a lot, and he was breaking down different ways to organize. He actually gave me the the whole thing about I use hashtags now for uh, for genres. That's something that he you know he used in his system, and that's helped me out in mine. So far, I've deleted 130,000 songs from my collection, which is a lot. So right now, I only have 65,000, which is still too many in my opinion. So I'm constantly weeding through my collection yeah just organizing putting everything in its place fixing the metadata on everything through the record cloud i really love their tool i, I love their uh the csv where you could put a playlist and have it have it as make it a serato crate i actually went through like a ton of my old crates for serato from like 2012 2015 like really old ones and i just put them through crate hackers and i was like well, now I have all these playlists of all this old shit I used to play. So now I'm like, I have these cool new playlists of stuff that I'm going to be hopefully be implementing into the clubs pretty soon. It's, Which it's, that 2012 and 2011 stuff is, for me, mm-hmm. all massive again. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm cheating because I'm replaying the old sets that I used to do all the time. But right. no, that that's a good idea. I haven't um use that i know that that's a feature i i haven't implemented that yet so dude yeah that's that's i use that a lot that and then also the spotify to crate is very really cool because i used to just even before crate hackers i used to just uh, when i would see these really cool playlists on spotify i would save them i never ever got around to like downloading anything and all of a sudden it's like oh you mean i could just you know copy the link from spotify have it spit out what's in my what's in my collection i'm like that was incredible all the different features you know it's really cool they're you know they're they're working hard you know glenn is like working day and night these guys know exactly what they're doing man and it's funny because i see people complain about it every and once in a while and it's just it takes time for people to wrap their heads around it really does take time just like with serato it was a mind it's a you have to shift your mindset you know like, it's like controllers when controllers mm-hmm. first came out people were like oh i'm not using that that's cheating and it's like right. now like everybody uses controllers and everybody's cool with it but mm-hmm. at first it was not okay yeah totally so getting uh, and shout out to all the guys at crate hackers and the marketing too is just on point and dom is a king at that and joe mm-hmm. with all of his clever videos and right. everybody so shout out to crate hackers um Very they're great what they're doing djs if 
you're needing help or feel like you're in a rut, it's a great place to go to for to use as a resource to mm-hmm. uh, get, get inspired. ideas yeah, and stay fresh. So mm-hmm. their go community ahead. for me is their biggest thing. Their community, mm-hmm. their their Facebook group, and their yeah. hackathons. DMS is constantly on those hackathons, and I think those are are really big things that people need to pay attention to. It's not just the the amount of money you're paying for these playlists or these PDFs. It's also the community. With that being said, we got one more uh, thing we want to talk to you about before sure. we wrap up here, and that's just some new tech and. Uh, DJ gear. And one of the things that you mentioned uh, was that you're an S11 user and that's been a game changer. Game changer. I I, I feel like I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel naked when I go to clubs that don't have an S11 now. So scary how awesome that mixer is, man. I've only had it for five months and it's just completely changed my fucking flow, the way that I DJ and play. Like, Like, I don't even need to touch my laptop at this point. Like everything is within... I just look at that screen and I could do so much with it, you know? Yeah. I was saying, we both bought one. Uh, we had uh, Priyo and Joni on an episode and <laughs> halfway through the episode, he said, you guys need to get an S11. We both sold our uh, S9s and bought an S11. I used mine for the first time this weekend yeah. and I'm 100% the same way. I don't know how I'm not going to DJ with this thing. I love this mixer. Right. What are yeah. some of the tools that you're using on it that maybe I need to start looking into? Because I've only used it this. I use it twice this weekend, and that was it. I mean, I keep it pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, I like that you can mini map everything. I pretty much mini map mine out, so I could change keys. I could auto sync. I could do a whole bunch of different shit on my uh, one button push. You know, I could have my LFO or you know whatever. You know. I use sync, so I, you know, like it, that's pretty much built into it already. I mean, I beat grid everything. I'm OCD about all my files, so everything's grid, beat gridded and ready to go. So, yeah, we talked about the beat grid a little bit with Simo in the last episode and how we mm-hmm. all think that that's pretty important. To yeah. Have set on all your tracks and stuff and how helpful it can be. If you, if you plan on using sync, then yeah, I think that's the mi- big misunderstanding of sync. I think people just think that like you press a button and it mixes things together. You, it's all prep work, you know. Um, I think for us, like all three of us, like people look at what we do and they we make it look easy, but they don't see all the hours, days, weeks, months, years of preparation. I mean, everything we do is preparation leading to the big moment. So when we're out there on stage rocking a party or rocking an event like that's like the end result of all the preparation setting grids on tracks is part of the preparation too you know mm-hmm. next to playlists and everything you know like everything else we do that's all i do every day i just prepare you know different things so but yeah this mixer is just unbelievable man i mean they they finally pioneer finally went and they upgraded the sound card and it's just a really dope mixer thing i'm I, I'm, I'm glad i waited i didn't really have the money for it last year but i told myself this year if i'm going to return to dj and i better buy myself at least something you know and uh, yeah so that was the one purchase and uh it was it was world worth it and like i said i'm going to feel naked when i'm not on it because i'm so used to it so there's days where i will practice and i'll be like you know what i'm just not gonna use sync during the set because i don't want to get too used to it even though i could just sync within the laptop itself but i'm like let me just remind myself of how to actually beat match and you know do doing things you know the old-fashioned way it's really dope how far we've come with djing man 
Totally. I think the sound card is majorly improved. I noticed a, a huge difference this weekend on my speakers. The one thing that maybe you could help me answer this is I wasn't able to see the beat grid on the the screen of the mixer. Is that able to update that or? I'm not sure to be honest. I, I know the beat grids, I see them in the Serato. I don't see them on the screen to be honest with you. I never really looked at that. I think if I beat gridded in Serato, it should be good on the mixer. So. N- I don't mean it for sync. I I just look at the numbers so that I kind of know where oh, in the song uh, I'm at. Yeah, and I use it more as a reference point. So okay. uh, that was no. just one thing that I noticed co- no. made me look back at the laptop that I would have rather not. So just curious. Oh, okay. Might have to ask Priyan about that. Maybe. I'll, yeah, I'll that's a good up. question. Yeah, Is man, there... it's really it's really dope, man. You could record, you could record, and you could keep them. It has a setting where you could take the mic off, so like it'll record a set without your mic. So I thought that was really really cool. It was a game changer for a lot of streamers as well because we yap so much on our sets. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. So. Is there any other new tech that you're into? You mentioned something about some headphones too. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm. These earbuds, I don't remember the exact brand. I was trying to find out earlier, but I, I um, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. But uh, I was trying different in ears, you know. Like I've been using Sony's forever. Um, the MDR seven hundreds. I've been using these for almost like ten years. The old wow. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait. You've had those last year for ten years because every year I had to buy a new pair of those. Um, this is the last one that I opened, and I opened it three years ago. Um, I, I bought like three boxes because I liked them so much. 2012, I bought a pair and then I bought two more. So yeah, I've been using those yeah pretty much since 2012. I was just trying to see about in-ears because uh, at home, I don't I don't mix with the audio out. I literally mix with in my headphones only. Like the Twitch audience has no idea. Like I'm not blasting speakers in here. I'm pretty much just using in ears. There's a really good in ear technology right now. When I when I finish some of my testing, I'll let you guys know what works and what doesn't. So is there anything else that you like? The technical wise, it could be anything. Cell phone, whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. There's there's too much out there, man. <laughs> I really like the new stuff Denon's doing. I like the algorithm stuff that's happening, you know, where you're able to, uh, like, basically make your own stems live. I see Layback Loop using a lot of that stuff in his sets recently. It was an algorithm DJ, I believe, right? I, I signed up for it. It's dope. It, I want to bring the S11 in here and mini map it. I've yeah. seen all that Luke's been doing, and he's just using a cell phone. He's using his cell phone on airplane right. mode. Right. Or, it's not on airplane mode, but it's it on a new do not disturb mode or something, right? Have you have you fucked with it yet? No, I haven't. I want to though. I, I find it fascinating. Just the fact that you can just, if not insta acapella, just removing vocals from a track. I could see that working where you're you're avoiding like, you know, words on top of each other in a mix. Because that'll happen every so often. But I use beat jump anyway. So like if, if I see it happening, I just jump back to a different point in the song. That's something that I use do a lot. I beat jump everything. So We were not, talking I, the last episode with Simo about beat jump. And I was saying I use beat jump to just set cue points. But how do you use it in a song you just have it set and you just jump back in it it goes back in the chorus i don't understand yeah i mean like like especially on twitch we get caught up talking to our audience in the chat room and sometimes right. i'll realize wait a minute my eight bars is up i gotta mix out <laughs> so what do i do i just hit my 16 or i'll hit my 32 and then 
uh, I basically restart the chorus again, which gives me another opportunity for me to mix out. Things like that happen all the time on Twitch. People are saying something's happening, people are donating or whatever, and you're shouting everybody out. So I just try to keep a track, like with Twitch, I just try to keep track of what's happening with the audience and make sure that like I don't miss my points to mix in and mix out. I like that. I'll have to use it a little bit more in depth yeah. for actual DJing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes if you want to get through a song, fa- I mean, I've done it sometimes where I'll just I'll just skip through a song live. Like, because the thing is, when you're jumping, the listener has no idea what's happening. It just doesn't sound like, you know, like it doesn't even sound like you're doing anything, you know, like it's interesting. It's like you're you're playing a little bit of magic, like the hook ended, but all of a sudden you bring the hook all the way back again. Like they yeah. don't see that happening to them. It's like, oh, right. this song has two hooks. They don't realize that I actually pressed the button for it to go back. So right, yeah, yeah. Warren was showing me that he uses it. You know how how songs have like it, it'll stop and it has that dead zone, in right? It, and he'll it jump over it. Yeah, out. he jumps mm-hmm. over it. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. I like that. So you could right. jump. You could jump over it, or you could have a cue point on the other end. That's what I normally would do. So because yeah, those, those lulls are very uh, they're horrible in the dance floor. Well, I think that's just gonna wrap up for today. We just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come up on the show with us, and we're we're so glad that you're back and feeling better, and that in 2022 you're gonna be uh taking some live gigs again and i'll be excited to see uh footage from you in the club and uh, hit us with some uh links your social media and all that so people know where to follow you if well, ev- everywhere at dg audio one instagram facebook twitter at dg audio one i'm active on those platforms um mixcloud.com slash dg audio one for all the new mixes and I am live daily on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Audio one Make sure to catch me on there. And yes, 2022, man, we're looking forward to it. All bootlegs, all edits, all remixes are exclusive at directmusicservice.com. Don't sleep. Also, uh, throw out that Beats for Hope is all yes. the merch and everything yeah, like you that. Yeah, you can get my merch and uh, definitely check out the mission statement on there at beatsforhope.com. You can support us most definitely. All right. I think that's going to wrap up the show today. So... Thank you guys for tuning in. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you're on Spotify, please follow us and download. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe and click like on the video and leave us a comment. Let us know you're listening. If you're listening to the show, uh, set a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. We love seeing that you're watching. If you guys have any questions or anything you need answered, we'll do our best to help answer Uh, We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace.